Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Rudo, AJ, Jesse coming at you live to talk a little bit of lead up to free agency here. Uh, obviously, the Avs do have some holes to fill. We talked about it yesterday. A 2C position and a defensive position in their bottom four somewhere, depending on how you feel about it. Uh, we'll get into it all. Uh, the big three names for me hitting this free agent market are Malkin, Giroux, and Gaudreau right now. But is, do you realistically think the Avs could be in on any of those three guys? Yeah. Your mic's broken again, Jesse. <laughs> Still can't hear him. <laughs> Uh, you oh, can't hear me go. now. now you oh, okay. Okay. I was like, all right, well now I don't know how to fix it. Uh, Goudreau is probably the only one that I would say I can't see them really being in on. Cause that I think is going to be more of like a long-term big money deal. Those other two guys I think are, are prime candidates for agent. And I were talking about it this morning at, at dev camp. Those two got not those two guys in particular, but I think you could see some short-term big money deals um in this free agency more so than ever is there some players kind of just waiting over until we get to the get get out of this flat cap and to me Malkin and Giroux are two guys that are absolutely going to be open to entertaining come to Denver for a year for nine and a half million dollars or whatever you know what I mean fill in your dollar come get a shot at a cup and then you'll still cash in next year I mean if Evgeny Malkin wants a multi-year deal, I mean, say three. What? Yeah, if, two. I would say for sure. Three. I would say I would say if you go three years, if you go four years, I'm probably out. Four years takes him to thirty-nine. But if he wants to do a three-year deal. Saying yeah. like seven what, million dollars. I'm I'm saying like the dude just do what Joe Pavelski did. Dave right about seven million dollars. Seven by three. Yeah. 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 I guess my question would be like, what's the plan if he falls off? Like presumably New Hook moves up to two C at some point. Oh, the plan if he falls off or if he's hurt or whatever is you just fucking make it up. Just deal with it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
between JT Comfer, Alex Newhook, and Ben Myers, you got somebody that can try and take that spot. Well, I'm less worried about replacing him at 2C and more like, can he be an effective player on your third line? Or is he just waste if he's not a top six player? So if your your concern is that he's not good anymore, how do you make him work in the lineup? Correct. You don't, bro. You, at that just, point, you just, just sit at that, him. <laughs> at that point, you're just wrong, and you just gotta you just gotta live with whatever he gives yeah. you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, like, I mean, like, it's one of those things where you trust that a guy like Evgeny Malkin will be able to be passable enough. To, to me, the big risk there is the, <clears throat> excuse me, the health. And going back to what we talked about with Nachushkin yesterday, it's kind of the same thing, but opposite. Why is it that the organization that the only organization that he's ever known, the NHL, the organization that knows him better than anybody, why are they uncomfortable with the multi-year deal? That's the only thing that, that scares you, you know what I mean? I would also say that that same organization just gave Ricard Raquel a fucking six-year deal. It's a great point. And so <laughs> maybe their evaluation just isn't very good. Yeah, no, that's a great point. The flip side there, Claude Giroux, would you give him a multi-year deal if it came down to that too? Yep. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, he, he's one, though, that I... You know, this in this industry... Rumors come from somewhere. You know what I mean? Uh, when it comes to this stuff. It's me. They it's, come it's, from me. <laughs> I hope so. I hope AJ's, AJ's just sending out tweets. Like He's got more burners than we even realize. <laughs> That's true. Um, they, banned, they banned one Twitter account, and they've just been chasing <laughs> me ever since. Um, but, you know, like, I, I do think he wants to go to Ottawa eventually. I think that's where he wants to... <laughs> end up um and i i don't know i just i think that that's eventually what he wants to do so i i don't necessarily know if that dude will be looking for multi-year i i think claude Giroux, he's the exact person that i could see going full marion Hosa here Ooh, let me try that one let me try that yeah. one Ooh, let me try that one yeah and then he'll go i, I agree on. claude Giroux would be the guy that i mean this ottawa thing just won't go away right right so, yeah, I don't think it'll be in Colorado, um, Claude Giroux. I don't think that that's happening. But, you know, we'll wake up tomorrow morning and he'll have a one-year deal for $6 million in Colorado. <laughs> and we'll all be fucking trying to high-five each other's boxes and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll be a great time. <laughs> you know, yeah. But I, I would be surprised. Um, I just don't. I, The big fish, I would agree, Johnny Gaudreau, that is a hard, hard no. If 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 he if Johnny Johnny Gatro signed in Colorado, that would be I, I would be legitimately, legitimately floored. Like, like a talk about a fucking thunderbolt. Right, right, right. So like, the whole like, league, like the the they, the Avs win the cup, and Johnny Gaudreau's just like, yeah, screw this. I'm gonna go win. <laughs> yeah, right, let's right. go do that. And then Claude Giroux's like, yeah, I'll take a million dollars. Let's go do that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he he. Um, Gaudreau, I think, is the only one tomorrow that I would be like really, really surprised if they signed back or if they signed in Colorado. So, I do want to ask you guys this report that he's got an eighty million dollar offer sitting on the table from the Flames that he just isn't accepting right now. Mm-hmm. Does that blow you away a little bit that a guy saying no to eighty million dollars? Um, <sighs> I no. mean. 
as a poor person, yeah, totally. <laughs> as as like other hockey players, no, I totally understand the the want and need to be on a successful hockey team that really you feel like you can win with. Well, and 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 it's also one of those things where like he's walking away from this eighty million dollar contract, like. Not to say there won't be one out there right. tomorrow. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, but it's harder to get to 80, though, when you only sure. have seven years to do it. So For sure. Well, look, the difference between 80 and 75, is it really that much? I mean, how many times do I say this on the pod? Every year during free agency, what are you trying to buy with 80 million that you can't buy with 75? There's yeah. a great question in the chat. Is that 80 million Canadian? <laughs> yeah i mean i guess it's like 50 million american <laughs> well, yeah it's the it's, it's the, not by the way all all contracts are 80 yeah, million american. they're in, they're all they're american. in usd but it's a funny question because you're like ah well i mean if we're gonna get paid a monopoly money i'm gonna pay myself well 700 million dollars a year it'll be wonderful Stamkos is the ultimate example of this that he had that massive gigantic deal on the table from the maple leafs and he re-signed in Tampa for like a like a like multiple million dollars less AAV, but over the life of the contract, he actually came out ahead by like two and a half million because of all the taxes and stuff. It, it's you guys Florida know what's crazy about that Stamkos deal? What's that? It's almost over. Yeah, yeah. I know. I hate that. Time I looked flies. at it last night and I was like, "What?" Yeah, let's not talk about that. Time uh, and and then Nevada too. They're the yeah, other it's ones Nevada real. too. No income yeah. tax, so yeah. they uh, you make a lot more money when you go to those places. Are you telling me that Shea Weber is really glad that his contract uh-huh. got traded to? Oh my gosh! Yeah, from Montreal of wow. places. I never thought about that. You're totally right. He's like, yes, yeah, money. Yeah. We're, anyway, anyway, indeed. Uh, continuing we'll stick with the forwards for now we'll get into defensemen and other things in a little bit but you go down this list and you know it's a little bit all over the place right now uh tampa still hasn't worked out a deal with andre palat uh you have guys like nino niederreiter riley smith hitting free agency obviously the abs didn't get their deal done yet with burakovsky if that's a thing kadri too we've kind of always assumed is probably leaving but the depth of this free agency class really seems to come on the forward side. If you're looking for options, there's a lot to do there. Is there anything particular you guys have honed in on? Well, I I mean, we talked about this at the rink today quite a bit, man, but after the RFA purge yesterday, all the quality guys that hit the market that did not receive qualifying offers. Yep. I think, I think that that should change some plans, some free agency plans. Cause if you're Colorado right now, you're looking at you definitely need a guy to play your to, to play your second line center, right? But you could use some depth. What if a Ben Myers isn't that great? You know, what if you don't want to use a Maltzever account or whatever? You want a couple of you want an extra guy here, an extra guy there, whatever, and you just decide, hey, all right, we've got ten million dollars to spend. Let's go get, you know, let's let's defensively, let's bring Ryan Murray back and let's go sign Calvin DeHaan. Okay, there's a couple of guys that you can slide into that. And then on at the forward side, you say, hey, let's go let's go sign Sonny Milano and Danton Heinen instead of Andrew Kopp. You know, instead of giving Andrew Kopp five years at five and a half million dollars, you split that five and a half between Danton Heinen and Sonny Milano. And you play Miko Rantanen as your 2C. 
is that a better option than going with Andrew Kopp and just being like, done? Or would you rather split that money up between a couple of different guys and just be, in theory anyway, a little bit deeper, but not quite as top heavy? Like you're not, your 2C is not going to be like a 2C. Personally, I think I'd rather go get a proper 2C. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Uh... Is that because there are guys available like a cop, like a Trocheck, like a Malkin? Yeah, there's a re- those guys are proper dudes that you can drop in, and you know that guy's going to give you quality minutes every single night in your top and, six. And to your point about the RFA market, well, I guess not the RFA market, but the what was a bunch of RFAs now making their way to free agency. I, I just think there's going to be a lot of affordable depth options out there because the market's pretty oversaturated. I think you're going to be able to get some depth guys that, that, that can fill in just fine. Um, honestly, I know you said yesterday that you didn't like it for me, AJ, if you're going to do something like that, I'd rather just go get like Dylan Strom and say, cool, we're yeah. going to, we're going to well, take and- a chance at two C for a little bit less than like a sure thing. So if you do that, if you say, hey, we're going to have Dylan Strom, we're going to bring in Dylan Strom with the idea of him being our second line center, then you have to use those savings and say, okay, well, then we want Danton Heinen for a third line. For sure. And, and that's where and that's, that's that's where you can easily sell me on yeah. Dylan, like the idea of a Dylan Strom. Like, hey, let's he's kind of like your he's a little bit proven. He can do that job. Um, he might be a lower end 2C across the NHL, but if that means that your third line is going to be a nasty, then, you know, you kind of live with that because that would set you up for a new hook, comfort, yeah. Danton Heinen third line where you're like, well, I think part of that, girl, that's pretty good. <laughs> part of that deal, too, is how much do you believe in Alex Newhook taking that next step this year? Because if you believe he can, by the end of next season, be that 2C guy for you, you can afford to take a little bit more risk in that position with a guy that if he doesn't work out, it's like, well, all right, we just put new hook up there and and make it work. Well, to me, that's, that's honestly kind of the, why I, I, I I, look, if they go out and get a proper two C I'm just going to, I'm going to use Andrew cop. I'm just going to use it as the example. If they go out and get Andrew cop, I'm going to find him tomorrow. So, right. Uh, you know, like, like obviously I'm fine with that. I think that works. I think that's good for them. Um, but on, if if I got to draw it up perfectly, I'd actually like to see them go get a guy like Dylan Strom for that 2C because what it does is, to AJ's point, that's a guy who is proven to some extent. That's a guy that you feel confident that you can roll out there on the first day. But that's also someone that's not like, oh, yeah, you're not going to play Alex Newhook over this guy. That's that's still a spot that can be kind of competitive if if you really start getting good minutes out of Alex Newhook, Dylan Strom struggles a little bit. You can make that swap. You can, you can start moving Newhook up the lineup. It just doesn't feel so, Oh, we went out and got this guy. Like, you know, this, maybe this last season is a bad example because Nazem Kadri played outstanding, but like either way, they weren't going to put Newhook at two C and Kadri at three C regardless of how well Newhook played. You know what I mean? And so to have a guy there that if Newhook really starts taking that step, and really starts pushing the play, you bet some flexibility there. And, and again, like the Avs just won a cup. They, they've earned a year to try a couple things out to see what they've got. And your worst case scenario is you end up with a good roster that's cheaper than what you'd originally planned for. Okay. 
Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the forwards too, but we are brought to you by Sexy Pizza. You can go get it at, I believe it's five locations now in the, in the Denver metro area. So go check them out. They have a bunch of awesome different types of pizza, whether it just be, you know, simple pepperoni, or you can get the weirdly popular jalapeno cream cheese pizza that people either seem to love it or hate it. Uh, tons of other options too. You can check out their philanthropies. Highly recommend you get over there. You can go to sexy.pizza to check them out online today and order. And you can also use the DNVR code to get up to 15% off. Uh, okay. I guess I'm alone now. <laughs> no, AJ's still here. I'm Yahir just chilling. Yeah. He just said, no, let him go. <laughs> Check out Sexy Pizza. Again, that's sexy.pizza to order online. And, of course, you can also get on over to DraftKings. Go over there. Use the DNVR code to sign up right now, and you can get up to a $1,000 bet for your first bet risk-free. That means you can bet $1,000, and if you are wrong, you will get it back into your account from DraftKings on your first bet. When you sign up, it has to be a new account. Have to use the DNVR code when you sign up to get that opportunity. So make sure you do that. You can bet on all sorts of craziness all over the board. Uh, the, I, I guess they just call it the Open now. When I grew up, everyone called it the British Open. But the British Open's kicking off this week. So if you want to bet on golf, you can go over there with that. You can uh, take a crash, cor- crash course with AJ and learn what Ultimate Frisbee is. So you can bet on that. <laughs> That was uh, lots, fun. That was an interesting, <laughs> more you know kind of thing. Lots of options out there on DraftKings Sportsbook, ranging all over the board. If it's a sport, you can pretty much bet on it at DraftKings. Second period. Uh, well, wait, hang on, hang on. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, conditions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Minimum $5 deposit. If you have a gambling problem here in Colorado, you can call 1-800-522-4700. You can see all the other numbers up on your screen there. Okay, second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I did want to start looking at defensemen, but are there any other forwards you guys are specifically keeping your eyes on coming into free agency? Yeah, dude, did, did San Jose do something with Rudolph's Balsers? Is that why people are talking about him today? I've been at dev camp most of the morning, so I've missed any NHL news. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little detour here. So we were at dev camp. We don't know. Cool. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't know. We don't. Uh, we were what? at dev... what? They bought him out. Oh my god! What the? Okay. Anyway, if he's available, they should 100 percent be making a play for that guy. Wait, who is it? Rudolph Balsers. Oh, 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 oh. Just as That's... a depth guy, not as a t- not as part of the top six. The same Rudolph Balsers who scored a hat trick at the rookie tournament a few years back. <sighs> yeah. Yo, the same Rudolph Balsers, Balsers who's fucking really good. So anyway, we were at Dev Camp and uh, LaCroix Hockey, they've really done a good job getting, um, I believe it's called Drill House. Um, it's kind of a new uh, strength and training and, and um, j- just, you know, high-end hockey training for uh, looks like age ranging all the way from little, little kids uh, all the way up to, you know, junior level kids. So they, they had a group on the ice and it was really funny because it was some high-end high school kids, some prep kids, 
Um, saw a kid out there in, in USHL stuff, kid or two out there in USHL. I think there was one kid out there in college gear. And then Mason Geertsen taking part in the camp. This isn't running the camp. The next two names I'm about to say are taking part in the camp. Mason Geertsen and Peter Mueller were part of this developmental hockey skills camp like peter mueller i can see right like that's a dude who's retired now he's he's not retired he is plays, he he's playing in some random euro league but yeah sure geertsen makes no sense to me because he played like a significant number of nhl games in new jersey this year he looked very out of place <laughs> out there like it was just it was really weird i was like oh wow mason geertsen's out here helping run this and I was like, no, he's getting in line. Like, he's part of this. And then I noticed Peter Mueller. It was good to see Peter Mueller still out there. But uh, just odd. Just odd. That is very random, but neat. Yeah. So just throwing that out there. Okay. Uh, yeah. Grandma Geertsen was not there, Evan. Yeah, she can't block people I her own. I wouldn't I wouldn't have been I wouldn't be on this pod today if she was. Guys <laughs> be visiting me in the hospital. I think there'd be a long line of people on their way to the hospital. All this talk about drill house, and to me it just sounds like the natural evolution of trap house. <laughs> is it is it drill house? Am I getting that right? Yeah. Okay. Uh okay. So let's move on here, and I don't know how much will have to say because there are not a ton of big name defensemen out there on the market this year. Oh, did we ever did we ever cap off forwards? Sorry, I was, that's what I was talking about you... that's what I was talking about, Rudolph's Balser, yeah. that you wanted to tell the Peter Mueller story. Yeah, no, if I'm you have sorry. other forwards, go for it, Jesse. Well Andre Palat is obviously the interesting one. He's going to get a big raise. Max Domi is a guy the Avs have always had a, a, a one. I always liked him too. You know, one one eye on. Um, so I don't know. I mean, like you know, that, that that's a guy that I think could be a a decent middle six fit for this group. Um, Why get that guy when you could get actual good NHL players this for once? Like for the first time ever, you have like like guys who are coming off of like good years who have no personality issues, who have been playing quality hockey for a couple of years. Does Max Domi have personality issues? And I'm asking. There have been, there have been, there's been friction in some of his stops. Uh, And, and like guys, like guys who are doing their thing just for some reason, just didn't get qualifying offers yesterday. Like there's like, that was a little harsh, but I agree with your concept. (laughs) Like, I mean, like you're talking about guys, like guys who don't have, like who? Red flags. Like guys who have not been in four organizations in the last what, like four years now? Like who? So, like, I mean, we've we've just we just talked about a handful of them. Like a, a guy like a Dylan Strom. Where yeah. why is Chicago getting rid of that guy? No, no, no. I, I, I'm with you. And like those names that we talked about, kind of there off the top. Like, but to me, like, I guess my kind of thing is like as you as you continue going down this list. Are, are there a ton of guys that you're falling all over yourself to get? No. You know who's a guy I would love to see them bring in for the same reason you'd love to see them bring in Joe Pavelski is fucking David Perron. Just save yourself eight goals against this season and bring yeah, in and, David Perron. 
take now you have eight 20 goal scores <laughs> like I, I feel like David Perron, to him. Yeah! <laughs> specifically Perron might be a tough sell to the fan base though I, I, I honestly he'd want to come here he's played for enough organizations yeah, that have like, like animo like real animosity with the abs dude like that dude that dude would show up have a hat trick against st louis in their first game against him and everybody would be like yeah he's one of us now yeah <laughs> uh, but you do have to wonder like if st louis is sitting on right around nine million in cap space uh and they haven't made a, a real legitimate offer to him he's well, either asking for yeah. something silly right or right. uh you know so here's the other question before we get on to defensemen because like honestly like i'm going down this list and i'm not saying these are all guys they should go after but there are a lot of interesting names out there this year partially fueled by what you're talking about aj of just like guys that didn't get qo'd um i mean how would it be the worst thing in the world if we woke up tomorrow and nicholas abe kubel re-signed a two-year deal at 900k no well i think we would all just be like cool Right. That's and, fine. And, so let me ask you guys this. Do you think because of all those players not getting qualified offers, in addition to the flat cap, plus you add in the fact that there are there, there's plenty of guys this summer I think worth taking a chance on, not just the abs, just across the league. Is this going to cost some guys some money? Yeah. Definitely. Like, do you think there are guys going into free agency saying, like, I'm going to get this? And they end up getting nowhere close to that. Yeah, I, I think, you know, we're talking about the abs looking at Dylan Strom, but there should be 25 plus other teams going, oh, maybe we go get Dylan Strom for cheaper than what we were going to do. Like right, the right. fucking funniest one. Dude, Arizona should be like, hey, Dylan, <laughs> <laughs> we could really use a guy of your ilk here to try and help build this thing back up and. You'll get to play a lot. You, you know, maybe we'll give you that big contract we always thought we were going to give you in the first place. <laughs> yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see how this kind of shakes out. Because, yeah, like I just saw someone in the chat saying that the rumor is that David Perron wants $7 million. Like, is David Perron going to get to the market and be like, oh. Okay. <laughs> he can want $7 million all he wants. Oops. Like, uh, this, I think this is going to be a really interesting offseason in terms of the forwards because – like we're about to get into the D is way thinner. I would, I would say for the avalanche, given where they are in their window, given they just won a championship, I think they're in less of a position to take chances on guys than a lot of other teams are They're They're in a, they want to go get the solid for sure thing to go try and win the, another cup. Man. I like Ilya Mikhaev, but if he wants five by five, bye. Oh, no shot you're giving McKay and this is this five. is the thing is that like there's all these guys who are out there like yes free agency time to get paid but like yesterday flooded that market yeah with guys where all those guys who want four million dollars are now getting two and a half and then it hits july 17th and you don't have a contract and you're like oh boy well you're I, like, I boy remember when i wanted five by five i think we're gonna see guys give up term tomorrow um also and, possible and, yeah you know just guys trying to maybe wait it out till the you know till the flat cap is in the rearview mirror um 
I, yeah, I think there are some guys be... that can't do that. You know, a guy like a Malkin doesn't have time to do shit like that. Oh, no, but no, 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 no. most no. of these guys, yeah, like the Dylan Stroms of the world should be like one or two year deals, like tops. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I mean, I, I guess if somebody's going to be like, hey, Dylan Strom, here's a six year deal, like, <laughs> it'd be hard to say no, right? But yeah. I'm, I, I just, uh, I I do think that you're probably right. We are probably looking at and at the shorter term deals. And I wonder if that means we have a slower day tomorrow as teams kind of work through this influx of options happens. It, like every so often we see an RFA class kind of just end up with a lot of QOs that don't get sent out and they get flooded into the market. And you're like, oh, geez. Now we have to work our way through all these extra guys. Now you have your scouting and you do your homework and blah, 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 blah. But that happening two days before free agency opens, you've got your list. You kind of have your idea of prices and how much money you're going to have to spend and what you're looking to fill and the needs that you have, all that. I don't know. I just wonder how much yesterday disturbed some of that because I do think that you should, that every team should be re, redoing that process today. And going back, and and I wonder if it slows things down just a little bit tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I I definitely think it it made the day more interesting. Other than like waiting around for four or five big names, and then a bunch of dudes. Yeah, after it. I mean, I'm I'm suddenly find myself invested in where Danton Heinen and Sonny Milano end up tomorrow. <laughs> you know, like it's it's like, hmm. okay, yep, um, okay. I do want to move into the defenseman quickly here. I don't know how long we'll spend on it. The Avs obviously have not yet come to a deal with Josh Manson. I'm not saying that that's over. They could still end up bringing him back. As far as I know, still talking. So nothing official there yet. But in a world where Josh Manson could potentially be leaving, you're looking at this D-class. Yeah, you have John Klingberg is probably the biggest name on the list. guy that the Avs have liked quite a bit in the past. So maybe that's the interesting one, but you look after that and there's just not a ton. <laughs> You're looking at guys like Letty, Suban, uh, only Mata, Zadorov. AJ, you, uh, <clears throat> only Mata. you, you threw a tease out there yesterday at the end of the day. <laughs> and I want you to get to it because I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm genuinely curious as to what you have to say. Cause I want to hear what you have to say. Uh, so, I mean, I talked about PK Subban, and I'm going to talk. We're going. I'm going to talk about him again. Basically, PK PK Subban's been making nine million dollars, uh, and like that's fucking crazy, and that's why everybody's looking at him like he's a bum now. The the the, the truth of this is that PK Subban was quietly pretty solid in New Jersey this last year. Now. He's not top. I don't think he's a top four guy anymore. He doesn't need to be a top four guy in, in Colorado. Right. This is a guy, and as a right shot, he could come into Colorado, and that dude, that I don't know what kind of money he wants, but I'm I'm saying if he would be willing to take, say, $3 million, even on a one-year deal where he's like, hey, I'm going to go to Colorado, I'm going to be in this infrastructure that's very offensively oriented, and I might be able to produce 35 points and go get paid next year. We'll see, right? But I'm saying if, if P.K. Subban's willing to take three, three and a half million dollars to come and be Colorado's third-pairing guy, 
I think that would be pretty interesting because what what you do like is that his puck skill and the way that he skates, his mobility, all that, all of that is stuff that plays in Colorado. Yep. Now he's not going to get power play time and you lose some of that like natural defensive acumen, you know, that with Josh Manson, you're talking about more of a defensive guy where the offense that you get is the gravy with PK Subban. I would say, eh, that's probably not the case. You're, you're giving up a little bit on the defensive end for his offensive acumen. And is that something that you really need? No. You know, with Sam Gerard coming back, you would effectively be replacing the Jack Johnson, Josh Manson, Ryan Murray, sixth defenseman role with P.K. Subban. And if Eric Johnson has any kind of an injury, that dude is in your top four. If things go a certain way for you, uh, do you trust him to be that guy? I don't I don't know that that answer is yes, but could you see a top six of Taves, McCarr, uh, Byram Johnson, and Gerard Subban? And yeah. feeling like hey, this, is a pretty, this is pretty solid, man. So, so when you said that yesterday, like honestly, I, I'm right there with you. For the right money, I think PK Subban makes not like oh my god, it makes so much sense, but he makes like a weird amount of sense in the role that you just laid out. Your sixth yeah. guy, because of what he does well, mm. and what you do like is if you get some injuries on the power play, you you can plug him in there if if you need to he still has the shot um you know he he can move he can skate he can get the puck up ice um as a backup option i I, i'm with you like um well and at 33 you'd be talking about a one or two year deal here absolutely yeah so um, and he's getting nowhere near what the con like not even in the same realm as what his contract oh yeah i mean he's expiring right now like not even in the same stratosphere he he's coming off of a nine million dollar deal he's not getting that so like that's literally kale mccarr money he's not getting he's not getting that kind of money he's gonna be you're we're gonna be talking about a guy that uh, you know could show up in colorado he could play uh, uh he could he could give you you know, I think the hope would probably be like 25 points here, yeah. like 25, 25-ish points, because he's not going to play on the PK much or on the on the PP much. And he would have to play on the PK for you. Yeah. So I, I that's where I think I think the fit in terms of like what Colorado really wants on the back end and who Subban is is probably why it's a no-go more than anything else. It could be money. Like, somebody could give that guy a three-year deal of $5 million, and you're just like, right. Good no, luck. thank you. Like, I'm just not interested in that. Yeah, but, yeah, but that's, uh, that's, that's a, you know, I, that's a name that I think, hey, this is, I mean, I feel the way about P.K. Subban that I, as I did Ryan Murray last year, oddly enough, coming out of New Jersey, where I'm just like, this guy's skill set would play here. It'd be a good fit here. He's fine. He's like he's coming off a decent, decent year. If you go and you look at PK Subban's underlying numbers this last year, they're fine. They're not great, but you're not asking him to be 
P.K. Subban anymore. Right. right. It's just not, you know, you're just looking for, you're just looking for a, a, a solid third pairing guy that can help you out here. That can, that can be a consistent, important player for you. And if you get a good year out of him, once again, your defense is in a absolutely loaded position. Right. And it's, for me, it's, it's, I'm with you. It's, it's a one year deal two max. If you really think that you can get something out of him. And, and again, like you, you just trust that your system is going to continue to get the best versions of people. What the abs got out of Josh Manson far and away exceeded the expectations of what people thought they'd get out of Josh Manson. What they got out of Jack yeah. Johnson far and exceeded the expectations of what people <laughs> thought they'd get out of Jack Johnson. Um, you know, I mean, Curtis McDermott, to me, like I saw a huge improvement in his game. Obviously, he didn't play a major role. Um, they have a track record in these last few years of taking guys um, and 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 getting more out of them than maybe what they were giving somewhere else. And to me, P.K. Subban is a guy who lived his life on the very high end of defensemen for a year or two. Yeah. Um, maybe three years, depending on how you personally kind of stretch that out. And um, I, I mean, I do wonder about fit as AJ started to talk about it. We talked about him last year at the trade deadline quite a bit. And Calvin DeHaan might be a little bit better there. I've been a little I mean, bit more of a flexible player that you can move around. That is a guy that when you say, okay, we need a defensive to, D right. to really anchor this. But again, like with Ryan Murray, you're talking about a guy who has an endless string of injury issues. For sure. Alvin DeHaan is always fucking hurt. I love that guy. I have had a weird love of that guy since he got drafted. And I am telling you, that dude cannot get off the team bus without some sort of an injury taking place. Now, he'll battle through it because what are you? But he's always hurt. That guy, wherever he is right now, he is he is dealing with a nagging something. He's ailing. And like, and so you're just like, it. Do you want that? Because, like, if there's one thing that you can't say about PK Subban, he's pretty durable. He's a guy that's in your lineup a lot more often than not. He's not missing twenty games. So, so you would have no interest in maybe taking a look at someone like a Nudivara then, who obviously only played one game last year because of Oof. injury. But... I mean, that's a that's a lower. That's that. That's a that's like a fourth day of free agency conversation for me, where sure. you're you're talking maybe like like you have you have the conversation like Jan Ruda, where you're like this guy's fine. I like this is this is okay. I don't hate this. This is perfectly sure. acceptable. But these are the type of conversations you have to have if you want to go out and pay a Malkin or something like yeah, that. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. You're a hundred percent correct uh, that you would need to. Justin Braun would be another guy where you're like, hey, Justin Braun is fine. You know, you're you're not you're not looking for uh, you're not like you're, you you aren't looking for a, a long term commitment at this spot. You just don't need it. Yeah. You know, there are enough there are enough of these blah plug and play guys that are fine third pairing defenders. Like they're not going to excite. They're they're not going to sign, and you're going to be like, "Yes, we got that guy, Justin Braun." <laughs> but like, that's not what you're looking for. You've got your studs, I, and if EJ plays anything like he did in the postseason, which I'm of course not expecting, but if he does something like that, I mean, you you feel great about it. Brett Kulak is a guy that's probably going to get a bigger contract than the Avs can reasonably afford to give, but 
another guy. Hey, I I loved him in that Oilers series. I thought he was maybe the only defenseman that they had who didn't look like he was drowning against the Avs. He was fine in that series. So Ilya Labushkin is a no for me. He, he's he just he's way too limited. We just saw why he doesn't work on a team that needs to play offense. Yep. He is a black hole with the puck, and all the things that he does well are great on guys that you – it's just a no. Labushkin is a no for me. So when they sign him tomorrow, I'm going to have to take a heavy dose of copium and talk myself into it. But <laughs> – I'm not into I'm not into that. I'm not into a good Branson type would be a no for me as well. Those guys suck. Yeah. Yeah, not not my type. Really quick, we are of course brought to you by Foco. You can go over there to foco.com. That's F O C O dot com to get licensed merchandise from all of your Denver sports teams, including the championship avalanche. They have a bunch of gear ranging from look, their their best work is their bobbleheads. If you're a bobblehead collector, Foco's yeah, bobblehead are, cool. are elite tier right. stuff. They're great. Uh, but they also have all sorts of other cool stuff, whether it be like flags or Crocs, apparently. They also have some some slides, whatever you want related to your favorite team. You can go check them out at foco.com. Uh, yeah, they're they're dope. If you haven't checked out their, their merchandise, go check it out. Not just Avs, but they have, of course, Broncos, Rockies, Nuggets, and more from the Colorado area. So jump on that today. Go check it out. Wow, people just keep giving us way too much money. Uh, go check out foco uh we're also brought to you of course by breckenridge brewery the official beer of dnvr you can get that down at your local liquor store and i i don't want to say the wrong time but i think the bar should be open by mid-august again correct so like kind of I think I think the plan is that we're gonna slowly open it back up to sure. members. Sure. So the regulars, if you've made yourself a regular, you get first dibs at seeing the new bar. Yep. If you haven't made yourself a regular, you're bad, and time to resurrect that. Uh, t- time to fix that mistake when the full thing opens up again. There you go. Either way. DNVR Bar 2.0 is coming later in the summer, one way or another. So you can check that out and get your Breck Brew over there when it does happen. So be sure to get on that one. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Jesse, you haven't gotten in uh, too many words on the defense. Is there anything particular you were looking at? No, I mean, look, my, my preference, honestly, would be to bring back Josh Manson. Um, I just think he fit in really well and he's just a delight to talk to. Um, that's my preference, but to me, it sounds a little bit more like that is going to be an up to him and not so much. Can you make the offer? Can you, uh, you know, do you have the money he wants? I'd be willing to bet the abs can pay him what he wants. It's just a matter of where he wants to go. Um, and here, here's the other thing that honestly, you are fighting with some of these guys. They want a cup. They got the ring. There's a Josh. cup champion tax. Every time a guy has won a Stanley cup in free agency, right? He's won a cup. I this is the, <laughs> yeah. this is the Ian Cole got paid 500 K too much on every contract over right. the last eight years because he won Stanley cups in Pittsburgh. Well, well, and, and then not only that, blah, 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 blah. A guy like Manson who, you know, he's not like getting ready to retire, 
but he's on the back half of his career, probably, right? He's probably past the I'm not saying he's on the down, but it's just whatever you want to make your your middle demarcation line. He's probably on the back side of it. He got his championship, he got his ring. Now you really do kind of shift into, and this isn't Josh Manson. This isn't me speaking bad on Josh Manson. This is pro athletes, and this is honestly what some of them should do. Now you're at the point where it's like, okay, cool. I want to win. I want to get another cup. But I also need to start making sure that I'm setting up myself, my family, making as much money as we can. I'm going to get this. If I get this huge contract offer from the Ducks to go back, well, I'd be silly to not do that because I have my ring. I've got, I've got my championship. Now I need to make the money yeah. in a place that I like. You can be a little bit more choosy. That's who I'd prefer. Honestly, like, look, you're talking about a sixth D spot. And for me, I don't have an issue with them taking a swing on a guy like Subban. I also don't have an issue with them going with a guy like Justin Braun, who's just solid. If that saves you some money uh, mm -hmm. to, to, to plug some maybe more important holes. I just think that that is a spot on the roster where with all due respect to these guys, those are a dime a dozen. If you absolutely need to, you can address your sixth D spot during the regular season via trade. Uh, if you need to upgrade it at the trade deadline, things are going well. You feel like you're in a position to repeat. Um, but you, you need a little bit of a boost. That's what you're talking about here. Talking about a bottom pairing guy. The nice part about Manson too would be assuming it's, I'm just going to assume that it's a four-year deal is that when Eric Johnson expires next year, you will feel no pressure to run yep. that back. Yep. If he wants to come back and play for a pittance compared to the six million he's on, then that's a conversation you can have. But having, you know, having this act this this next act of Josh Manson's career where he's uh he's a second or third pairing defender on any given night, depending on how well they play. Because if you have a Josh Manson, that gives you a bona fide you have four top four guys. Four top four guys. Hard top four on almost any NHL team in Gerard, Byram, Taves, McCarr. But you don't need to play them together. You can spread them out. Byram with Johnson, Gerard with Manson. Left, right, left, right, all these different things. Uh, and and you feel great about that. Because, hey, on a night where Sam Gerard's not playing well or Josh Manson's not playing well or Eric Johnson's not playing well, you can adjust accordingly and still have your top four guys getting those those minutes that you want. You know? And then if Eric Johnson moves on, then Josh Manson becomes kind of that guy. And then you do get to save a little bit mon a little bit of money there. The one thing about a Josh Manson versus a Justin Braun uh, or a two-year deal for a PK Subban type is that you do want to know what's next, not only for Bowen Byram's contract, which will be next summer, but the summer after that, you're having the Devon Taves conversation. Yep. Devon Taves when he's 31. Are you going to give Devon Taves $8 million? Because somebody will. You know? Or do you just kind of accept, hey, we're going to lose this guy. And Josh Manson is sort of a half measure of preparing to lose Devon Taves in two years where you say, we'll be a little bit deeper. We'll be a little bit more reliable. 
But Bo and Byron will take that guy's job. Sam Gerard will still be here. Kale McCarr will still be here. And if we need to, we can go and find another defenseman somewhere along the way. You know, blah, 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 blah. It's a couple years from now. Well, Maybe Sean Barron's is ready for that job. And I think it's a great point because these are the types of decisions that you have to make when you're at in the ab situation, when you're in your cup window and when you're committing to moves that are trying to get you over the finish line, because in a different universe where the abs didn't go all in this year, or they weren't really going to make the cup final or whatever, this six D spot is easy to drop Justin Barron in, mm-hmm. but they had to give up yeah. that asset to get over the line this year. So now they have to figure out ways to fill that void a little bit. And I think that's what you're going to see a lot of off seasons over the next couple of years for the abs B is figuring out how to make the pieces work into those holes. Yeah. And, and again, like you just have to look and I know again, <clears throat> there's a lot of people and this is a good thing. There's a lot of people that have become fans of the abs in the last 10 ish years. Days. So this is what? It's a days. It's yeah. more like it's more like twenty days at this point. <laughs> ten, last ten weeks. Those people will actually understand it. Those people will be like, "Yeah, we're all on board with this. This is what you do, <laughs> right?" Like you guys remember early early two thousands, late nineties. That was just what the Avs did was they went out and they made the trades and they got the guys they needed and they plugged the holes they needed to through free agency, through trade. They traded a lot of draft picks. They picked late, late in the first round. This is what teams in the championship window do. The abs won. They got one. Yeah. Now it's how many can you get with this core? So people do just need to kind of start preparing themselves for this to be the next era of Colorado Avalanche hockey for the next four to five, three to five years of it's you move assets, you move youngsters and you plug the holes that you need to plug. However you do it. Look at Tampa. That is, that is been their cut and paste for the last three or four years. We trust our core. Our core stays intact. We fix around the edges as we need to. And that's what the abs are going to do. They're going to do it through trades at the trade deadline. They're going to do it through free agency and they're going to do it by moving guys at the draft. This is what, this is what they are setting up to do. And this is, this is how you do it. Rude. I think, I think the way you just put that was hundred percent, right? You plug holes when you need to plug holes. Yep. Well, and you, you can see some of these coming. You can see, okay, Bowen Byram's going to get a raise, but you're going to pay whatever the fuck he wants on that race. Yeah. You're going to keep Bowen Byram. You'll do what you have to do. You're keeping Bowen Byram. There's not any like, well, we can't afford him, so I guess we're just going to move this guy. No, no. You're right. going to keep that guy, and you'll move the other guys. And if that means that in two years you have to move Josh Manson and he's got two years left on whatever deal you're trying to sign him to right now, Fine. Ryan McDonough just got moved for a decent forward prospect and an okay NHL defenseman. Fine. Right. Like, fine. Do what you got to do. But for right now, they can afford to keep Josh Manson. They can afford to then take Josh, take that money, the the money that's left over. And then you go and you get a decent second line center or you could, you know, if you're talking Justin Braun, it's probably because you did go get a Malkin type where you went big on your 2C, and now you're trying to save a little bit of money. That balancing act, like, you have to pick the area of your roster where you're going to be a little bit weaker, 
in the long term. Let's be honest right now. If Josh Manson signed, it's a fucking luxury for Colorado. 100%. And they chose they chose the luxury of having a dope third pairing, a dope second and third pairing that are completely interchangeable on any given night versus having the certainty at forward that they've had the last couple of years with guys like Burke. Andre Burkowski is going to make $6 million, and that guy was a scratch during this playoff run. <laughs> right, 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 right. It's wild. Like, let's um, keep in mind here. Like, the Avs, all of Colorado's luxuries were a forward in this last year. They're going to lose that. Very, very quickly, the one thing that does obfuscate this a little bit on how much money the Avs do have exactly to play with is Arturi Lekkinen's deal. Yeah. How much do they end up bringing Lekkinen back for? Because that's on the cheap side. Maybe the Avs have an extra million to play with when it's yeah. go get a Malkin and maybe you may make Josh Manson work then if Lekkinen costs five and a half million maybe you have a million less than you thought and now it's it's a lot tighter to go make one of those bigger moves so the abs internally of course have a decent understanding of what lekanen's number is i'm sure but from the outside perspective there's a range there right that we're gonna see what exactly the abs can afford to do tomorrow yeah, and, and it's a good point that the Lekkinen, because look, uh, I think Nachushkin probably came in a touch higher than we were expecting. Yep. And if the same ends up true for Lekkinen, if Lekkinen's on like a $5.2 million deal or something, we're all going to be like, oh, Jesus, okay. Like, this is why Josh Manson is going back to the Ducks, you know? Right, right. But if they go and they get a 2C, you don't really care that much because that's Lekkinen on a, on a if Lekkinen gets locked up, um, let's just say on a on a deal of at least four years in length, you're talking your five of your top six forwards are totally locked down. Mm-hmm. You're not even worrying about you don't have the top six conversation again for years. Literally for half a decade, yeah. Literally for years. The next time that you talk about this is whenever Miko Rantanen's deal ends. Right. So <laughs> you're you're feeling pretty good about that. Uh, and then, and then, if they do take any of that money, and then they go and they sign the two C with the rest of their money, your whole top six is now golden. Yeah, like your your top six is golden. Your top four on defense is fine. Your your top two pairings, your big four there, are fine for at least two years. So you really just feel like you're just feeling. Like, hey, it, it's just whatever whatever they decide to do in this offseason will tell you. Like, okay, this is where they're comfortable being weaker. This is where they're comfortable, ta- comfortable yeah. taking chances. What I think has been fascinating is that where they have been comfortable taking a chance, the biggest chance of all is at fucking goalie. <laughs> they're like the one – this is like the most money ball thing that we've ever seen the Avs legitimately do is play the goalie market the way that they are. Hey, we've got Simeon Varlamov. He's got one year left. Kill. Go get Philip Grubauer. All right? And then when Philip Grubauer shits the bet against Vegas, you go, oh, dog, we ain't going to give you that kind of money. And Ron Francis is like, I'm bad at my job. Here you go. I just botched the expansion draft. Yeah. So you're, like, you're like, hey, I'm in a bad spot here. I got to go. I got to pivot. We got to go and get Darcy Kemper. Boom. He wins you a Stanley Cup. Holla! And now you're back to taking the chances. Like, that's really where the Avs have decided they're going to take their biggest chance. 
at, uh, on on cost efficiency is in net. That yep. decision's already been made. Everywhere from here is pretty much just them trying to figure out like like the next pieces of the lineup. And it's really like third pairing defenseman, second line center. Like those are these are your big quest big questions. Yep. Agreed. Um very, very quickly. The goalie market is pretty much already decided. The only two relevant goalies, Kemper sounds like goes going to the Caps. Campbell sounds like is going to Edmonton. Everyone else there is a backup caliber goaltender, basically. What do you guys think of the Matt Murray thing? It's a choice. Toronto made a choice. I thought Steve Dangle put it best on Twitter. He said this is either the start of, of an incredible comeback story. Or it's the end of it's the beginning of the end of the uh, Austin Matthews era in Toronto. Can't say it any better than that. Yep, nailed it. Um, okay, we do have two super chats to get to really quickly here. Uh oh, did Yaya abandon us? No, we're good. Five dollars from James, who said would be so hyped if we got Malkin or Giroux. Also think Milano would be a good fit. Sonny, Sonny Milano, can we talk about Sonny Milano real quick? Like, how Go do you guys feel about how do you guys feel about this whole Sonny Milano thing? Because offensively, I feel comfortable with what he does, right? But as an all-around player playing the kind of game that the Avs want to play, is Sonny Milano a guy that can do that? Uh, you know, I'm always this guy, right? But you got Maltsev. You QO'd him to keep him around. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, are you going to use that guy, or are you going to keep going out and getting Sonny Milano's? Well, and where I would say they don't matter, these two don't matter, is that Sonny Milano is going to come in and do a job that Mikhail Maltsev's not. But I understand the idea of hey, you push a guy down on your roster. Right. There's only so many roster spots there, and 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 with Sonny Milano, he's one that I struggle with. When you have Alex Newhook, when you have JT Comfer playing on your third line, mm-hmm. you want those guys to be that guy for you to, to provide a 30 ish, 35 ish point guy on your third line that can score a little bit. I I think Milano becomes a little bit redundant with what the Avs already have in their depth yep. forward core. What if I redundant told you, is my word. what if I told you that his defensive impacts were actually great? Cool. And Sounds that he drives are. play offensively. Again, I still think you fall into the offensive side where he's a little redundant with Newhook. Uh, but if if they believe in his defensive ability, if you think that guy can PK for you, I can see how you could find a role for him at least. But again, I would there's al- only so many guys. I would also ask, isn't, isn't part of our conversation about Alex Newhook last year centered around the fact that, hey, but playing him with Logan O'Connor and Nick Abe-Kubel, get, him, get him with some real talent here. If he, if Newhook is centering Sonny Milano and JT Comfer, isn't that a third line that you're like, God damn, that's going to give some teams problems. It's not the big bang it out, grind it out, go possession wise, but you still have Cogliano. You still have O'Connor. You still have Ben Myers on your fourth line to go and do some of that. So isn't that more of an offensively tilted line where you're like, look, as long as you solve the two C issue, assuming that that's separate, and that Milano would come here and be a second or third line guy, kind of interchangeable in my mind with Arturi Lekkinen, depending on the al- the alignment that you want. Like, uh, I, again, I'm just saying, depending on the alignment, 
you could maybe argue for a Lekkonen, New Hook, Comfort third line to have it be a little better balanced in play style. And then Sonny Milano next to Miko Rantanen. And then whoever you decide is your 2C. Maybe an Andrew Kopp here. I think Milano on a second line would be a tough sell. But yeah, really? Just not sure the the offensive production is quite that high. I know you said he's drive play great, but I I do wonder if he can really push it to that next level. And and granted, like if okay. the Avs went out and did that, it'd be like, all right, they're probably right because they've done it with Nachushkin, they've done it with Lekin, and they've proven they can make that work with guys, and they're they're good at targeting guys that can do that. Well, but I'm looking at Sonny Milano, and I'm wondering, is this your next Andre Burakovsky? This is a guy that that's, is that's really choose to fill, man. Yeah, and and I would say I would say just Andre Burakovsky as a productive middle six guy for you, not the goal scoring acumen because I to, don't think he's me, that caliber of shooter. That's what I'm looking for Alex Newhook to be this year. Agreed. I want Alex Newhook and if, to be and if he Andre Burakovsky. But if he does that, it's going to be because he's with talented guys, right? Well, and if you if he's playing with Ben Myers and JT Confer, have you put Alex Newhook in a position to be that guy? I don't think necessarily going to, and maybe I don't know. I think the way you put it with Josh Manson is perfectly the same thing here with Sonny Milano. Sonny Milano would be a luxury, and if you get it, I'm not going to be upset. I'm not going to think it makes the Avs worse. I think it definitely makes the Avs better. But if you get Sonny Milano at the sacrifice of solving that last defensive spot or getting a little bit of a week or two C that's where I, I would wonder a little bit about maybe you could have spent that money more effectively. Let's hit these um, super chats. Yeah. There's one, there's only one more, but it's the insane one. So nice. Uh, well, hundred... that's, that's the basis of so many of the conversations we're going to have in the next yeah, 48 hours. Absolutely. It is uh, $140 insanity from Drew. Who's always out here shelling out the big bucks for us. Miss seeing you guys and Megan live every couple of days. Keep up the good work. Drew. I love you, but I would, I would have to say that feeling is for the moment. Not mutual. I do not miss post games. Yeah, I do yeah. not miss post games, buddy. I definitely I... needed a month off of post yeah. games. Yeah, I sure. give me a month, and then we're going to be doing WJC post games because we're bored. Yep. Anyway, so that that wraps up a, a general rundown of looking at mm. the Avs view. Can I? Free can agency. I? Yeah, go off. Con- well, Anthony says I'd rather have Heinen than Milano. Chain, take take all the things that I just said about Sonny Milano. Apply them to Danton Heinen. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> Do you feel any differently? I feel about the same, I would say. Yeah, with Rudo. To, to, to me, again, I just think there's and this kind of this kind of goes back to my point about that the the D that we were just talking about. Like, I think there's a lot of guys that are kind of in that lumped group where it's like, yeah, there's upside. Yeah, they they they've got some good underlyings. It's fine. I just think that with the way with the way the market's going to shake out this year, you're going to end up with a lot of stuff where it's like, yeah, it's fine. I like it. I don't love it. I don't dislike it. It's fine. I just can't shake the feeling that, and maybe instead of giving Andrew Cop five and a half million dollars tomorrow, that giving Dylan Strom three and a half million, giving Danton Heinen three million. And then Sonny Milano, two million. I don't know, something like that, right? Like it's entirely possible that they do that. that maybe they end up better and deeper and more skilled all the way down the lineup because of that. 
Because I guess I guess I will also say part of my fear of what is happening this offseason, you're losing Nazem Kadri, you're losing Andre Burakovsky right off the top. Yep. And while I wasn't fully certainly Kadri, I'm not expecting to go wherever he's going to go and have the kind of year he just had. But part of what made the Avs so lethal in the postseason, part of what made them uh, so impossible for these teams to beat is that they had so much skill, so much effectiveness all the way down their lineup. There weren't guys that you're just like, God, this guy's a bum. This guy wouldn't be on an NHL team elsewhere. You know, Alex Newlick's on your fourth line. You know, like Alex Newlick's on your fourth line. And I would say the weirdest part of this is that this is the lesson that I learned from the Val Nachushkin reclamation project. Because my only opposition, my opposition to Val Nachushkin had some to do with scoring zero goals in 57 games played and a lot to do with internal promotions. And at this point, is there a guy in the Av system right now that I legitimately think can and will get a shot to play a more than a fourth line role next year? And for me, I'm just saying, I'm saying probably not. And so I'm saying I would like to go and, and, and hey, if Alex Newhook if Alex Newhook goes out there and balls out no matter who he's playing with, he'll play more. Val Nachushkin was proof of that. He will play more. If you go out there and you play great, you'll get more playing time. I think that's, that's the thing that I learned. And me, I'm trying to say I want to better support Newhook, and you guys are saying – not, not you don't want to support Newhook, but you want to see Newhook take that job. I would like to see it, but I want to put him in a position. Uh, I want to, I want to put him in a position to succeed. Where when he succeeds, you can ask the question: Is this Alex Newhook, or is the, this the fact that he's on the fucking sickest third line in the NHL? Well, see, oh, see, I, to me, that's kind of. I guess it's a little chicken eggy. Right. And, and, and like, for me, that was always my issue with like AJ Greer and not to like just shit on AJ Greer for no reason, but you know, the whole, like, well, he oh, was the guy like, in the conversation with Nachushkin. He was the guy. Right. We all were right. just like, just give him the job. Well, and, and it was always one of those things was like, Oh, just give him the job. He needs more opportunity. And it's like, but when he's gotten the opportunities, he hasn't done shit with it. And that's what made has made Nachushkin and not just with the abs, but kind of like league wide, this little bit of an anomaly where it's like, this is a guy who was given the limited minutes. He was given a fourth line role, penalty killing, checking minutes. And he, his play has turned it into what he's at now. And obviously you're not expecting that with new hook, but you're kind of walking into my point. I think. Well, well, no, but, but like he did that regardless of who was around him. He didn't need to be set up for success. He made his own success. In and some so ways, I'm, totally. So what I'm saying is, like, yeah. for me, when I say I'd like to see Andre or uh, Alex Newhook be the next Burakovsky, like, dude, just go out and be that guy. Grab the puck and and rip it from that circle where you scored more goals in, in that, like, two weeks in the AHL than I can even keep track of. I don't get why guys get to the NHL and stop doing that stuff. Obviously, it's a lot harder. It's much faster. It's bigger. It's more physical. 
But that was something for AJ Greer. We would, all three of us would get so frustrated. It's like, I watched this guy in the AHL. It's like, wow, look at him do this. Look at him go to the front of the net. Look at him, blah, 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 blah. And then he gets into the NHL, runs at two guys in the corners as hard as he can and skates off the ice. It's like, you didn't even try to do any of the things that made you successful. And to me, like, that's what Val Nachushkin did. This is what makes me successful. I'm going to do it regardless of who they put me out here with. And you'd like to see a guy like Newhook seize that. And I think when I say you're walking into my point is that Alex Newhook didn't do that. And when you're talking about a guy like a Danton Heinen or a Sonny Milano coming available in free agency, you just you just say, okay, well, Alex Newhook didn't do those things to dissuade me from going and getting a Sonny Milano or a sure, Danton Heinen. Yep. And when I say I just want to better support him, I'm saying, look, I, I'm not relying on Alex Newhook to take the big step next year. I'm saying if Alex Newhook is going to be a 31-point guy – I'm planning I'm I'm planning like a like a sort of like a miniature backup plan with a Milano or a Danton Heinen type guy. Uh, like I focused on those two guys, but like there's a there there are like seven guys that we could talk about I, in this conversation. I, I do think it kind of works both ways. You want to go get talent and put it around New Hook, but if you go out and get a solid two C, that also insulates you from you don't have to play New Hook at two C. He doesn't have to become that guy if you go get an Andrew Cop or or a Genny Malkin or whoever. Yeah, well, um, if you get a Malkin, then you put a hard stop on. Alex Newhook's ascent up your lineup. Right, but if you get an Andrew Kopp, part of Andrew Kopp's appeal is that Andrew Kopp was there's one some of, flexibility there. For he sure. was a very, very, very effective third line guy that moved around the lineup. His versatility was part is part of the appeal of him. So I I think with go sorry go ahead. No 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 you're good. Keep Our producer's got to go. So just so you guys know, I, um, well so I, I was just gonna say I, I have. I have two quick things. One, and this isn't necessarily you also just going off comments. And even the way that I'm talking, forget that this was Alex Newhook's rookie year. This was his first season in the NHL. I'm very curious to see what he, what he does next. And two, um, game season. <laughs> yeah. No, you don't. You, you, no, you, 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 no, I love, you, think you do. <laughs> I love hockey so much. I love watching hockey. I love watching highlights. I love reading about hockey. I love talking about hockey. You do not want the highlights from Dev Camp today. I'll tell you, the three guys that jumped out at me for various reasons, and this doesn't mean that if they're not on the list that they played poorly or I didn't know, whatever. The three guys that I really liked from today, I really liked Taron Pfizer, I really liked Andre Bulyalski, and I really liked Colby Ambrosio for various reasons. Uh, but I really liked those guys, and I thought that Bulyalski absolutely popped when they started playing real hockey at the end. His his size and speed combination was nasty. Yeah. Really, uh, really, really good playmaking ability. And Ambrosio's ability to do things with the puck in tight spaces. Yep, he can handle in a phone booth for sure. Um, okay, final thoughts very quickly. I'm good. Can't, can't wait for tomorrow. Yeah. Let's go. Because We're gonna be live all, all of day. these different yeah. conversations are gonna play out. One of one of us is one of these routes is gonna be picked. Yep. Although I will I say that and then they will sign nobody and we're just gonna be sitting in no man's land like what the fuck is this? So we'll see. Anyway, something's sorry. gonna go down tomorrow. We'll be live all day. We're going live about 30 minutes before free agency officially starts. 
when whatever time zone you're in. That's 9.30 Mountain, 11.30 Eastern. That's when we go live. Uh, so be sure to tune into all of that. Uh, of course, we will be Thursday at DevCamp again. We'll see exactly what we want to do for a show on Thursday because they do have the three-on-three that evening. So yeah. we might uh, we might mix things up a little bit on Thursday. We'll see how that goes. But be sure to tune in tomorrow. Come hang out. Come watch the madness of free agency with us. We love all of you, and we will talk to you on the next one.